welcome to the Call by God podcast with Andy Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Savane, and I'm here with Adney Godin, or should I say Sister Adney Godin. How are you doing on this blessed day, my sis? I am amazing. I can't complain. Um, God is so good. God is truly so good. I've, I've had the opportunity to minister to people I work with, invite them to the podcast. Um, I've even invited uh, one of my coworkers to uh, a platform that I'm on on Facebook called Sea King. So I'm just excited and thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be your hands and feet here on this time side of life. That's all I, I have. What about you, Nick? How you doing? I am blessed. I am blessed by the best. Um, Adney, could you take a moment to share with our listeners what Sea King is about? Um, Sea King is a platform that teach that teaches about Christ. Um, how do we see Christ? How do we see ourselves um, when we read the Word of God? And how what things are we going to obey after seeing? you know, who Christ is and what he's done for us. And basically what it's what it's all about is seeking King Jesus to become more acquainted with him. And as we become acquainted with him, it'll lead us on the path that he initially um, set forth for us to have, which is to become blood-bought citizens of the kingdom. Amen, amen. Seek King, seeking Jesus, right? And you look, I know you asked me how I was doing. I just got so caught up. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, just share with our listeners more about C. King. But, you know, overall, I am blessed. Adney, let me tell you something. Every day or every breath that I take, um, I I don't take it for granted. Um, granted, it is a lot of things that's going on in the world right now. Um, you talk about the shooting in, in Buffalo. I was talking to uh, a brother about that today. Um, the suicide uh, cases uh, for young individuals are going up. And um, it's so many things that's going on in the world. And the more and more bad news that you hear that's evolving, even around us, it, 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 that, what it tells me is that, Nick, keep doing what you're doing. Keep promoting Jesus Christ because people that seem feel hopeless, we need to continue to show them like, hey, there's hope. There is hope out there. Now, hope can only be found in Jesus Christ. So it's it's one of those things. And that's why I got so caught up with saying, hey, you need to tell them what Seek King is about. Because on a day-to-day, we need to be seeking Jesus, Jesus Christ. But I well, need got a word for today for you guys. Today is Proverbs 22. And this one touched my heart because it says, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. Why does it touch my heart? Because sometimes people who have money think that they're better than people who don't have money. And I want you to know that that's the biggest fallacy. That's the that's the biggest lie that you've been sold, that you're better than anyone because of your financial status. Just remember, at the end of this life, at the end of this journey, everyone has to go to the judgment seat. 
it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you're going to get to that judgment seat. Now, what you did while you were rich makes a huge difference. What you did while you were in this journey of being poor, that's between you and Jesus. But just remember, we all are going to end up at that judgment seat. What matters is where we, we where we end up after judgment has taken place. Yeah, that's a that's an awesome verse. I mean, it's straightforward. Um, I think, like you said, the rich and the poor, God made them both. And I know we are attacking the folks with money, right? <laughs> but even the poor, so I I don't even know what's what would be the um what would they consider poor like what type of net worth, right? Obviously, when we think about poor, we think about homeless, right? But in America, what's considered at a poverty level is I think is less than 30 or 40K a year with a household of four or five. So um, yeah, you're right, Adney. Um, yes, God have made you know both poor and rich, but I think we got to start looking at people' financial status and more so be concerned about their souls. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up they say, oh, yeah, I got money here and there, but they're not looking um, at man himself because we are created in the image of God. You know, that's why the word of God said, hey, love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And he said, also love your neighbor, too. You got to love your neighbor because your neighbor is created um, in the image of God. So I like that verse. But we're going to get right into uh, Isaac. This is the last part, episode, episode part three of Isaac. And it's going to get you good, y'all. So y'all stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, Brother Smith is on here with us. Brother Daryl. Brother Daryl. Brother Daryl. How you doing, my brother? Going wonderful. Wonderful, my bro. Wonderful. I'm dealing with this sciatical, but God is still good. <laughs> amen. Amen. And you know what they say, man. You you got to praise God when you're up. And you got to praise God when you're down. You know, I I, I, pre- I appreciate folks that know how to praise God, even in a hospital bed. You know, they're giving God the yeah. glory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Isaac. Um, Isaac, is that? Good morning, brother. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> hey. He's he excited. He excited. See? He ex- he ex- hey, boy. Hey. He excited. <laughs> Hey, y'all gotta forgive me. Good morning, brother. Good morning, brother Daryl. We already did our um our oh, introductions, but I'm like, good morning, brother Daryl. How you doing? Hey, Adney, know how I get. I get excited, man. I'll be ready to get into it. Yeah, he ready. He ready. <laughs> oh mercy, I can't with him. <laughs> All right, go ahead, brother Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that word is something else, huh? That word. Yes, all, all right. Hello, hello, brothers. Hello. All right. Let's, let's get right into it. <laughs> hey, I couldn't be nobody's preacher, boy. I'd be like, hey, Saul, lead it. One, two, Saul. All right, we're going to get right into it. They'd be like, man, brother, didn't you? We ain't even sing a song. Let's get right into it. But, anyways, world, see, we, we're excited. We're having fun, and, and that's what it's about. We're going to shine a light on Jacob's, not Jacob, Isaac's call. Isaac's call, we, episode uh, one, we kind of gave an overview about Isaac. Uh, episode two, we talked about Isaac and his beautiful wife. So, brothers, 
if you haven't listened to Isaac Part 2, uh, go back and listen to Isaac Part 2. And finally, this is Episode 3. Episode 3, the final, the finale. This is the finale of, of Isaac. So we're going to talk about Isaac um, as a husband. And, and, and Daryl, you know, being a husband is not easy, man. You know, when you're a husband, you're going to have some ups. Not easy, yeah, not easy. Not easy. It's not easy. You, you're gonna have some highs and and you're gonna have some lows. So we wanna we wanna talk yeah. about Isaac as as a husband. So let's do this. So <clears throat> I want to start off reading the scripture um, for this episode. I want to talk about when his wife, uh, Isaac's wife, uh, Rebecca, uh, was barren. Um, I don't know if a lot, a lot of people know that that um, uh, Isaac's wife. Uh, was barren. She could have had no kids, y'all. You could imagine, like you, um, you get married to somebody, and then um, she can't have no kids, and then you're like, oh my goodness, like you can't have no kids. Uh, my seed, my seed, Addy. That's how I felt, right? Um, I know my my God get you know blessed my wife with a child, um, before I got married, and then, and then when I got married to her, um, my wife was like Nick, you know. The doctor told me I can't have no baby. And I was like, what? You can't have no baby? So I said, man, I, I want to buy three of them, three kids. <laughs> you trying to tell me the doctor. That's why I'll be tell, telling folks, man, don't always listen to the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> we have a doctor. He sits high and he looks low. <laughs> he sits high and looks low. But this is what I want to, I want to, this is the first scripture I want to touch on before we get started. Let's read Genesis 25. Chapter 25, verse 21. It's, and, it's, and it reads, and it reads, it says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Who want to who take this? Let's talk about, this must be the first trial right <laughs> when he got married his first trial <laughs> let's talk about this stay with us we'll be right back thank you for making it midway through this episode we want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us we want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week and that's where we need your help we kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support. And we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. It, it sounds like it's their first trial. Can, can I read it in the NLT? Okay. Um, the NLT says, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebecca became pregnant with twins. I think the thing that we have to understand where God is concerned, he already knew she couldn't have no kids. 
But God wanted to see what Isaac was going to do. Are you going to come to me? Or are you going to, you know, like, well, she can't have kids. She can't have kids. But Isaac was so faithful and understood where the provision of children comes from. He went to his daddy, his heavenly daddy. And he prayed and say, uh, I would like to have me some children, please. Can you open my wife's womb? <laughs> Because we've been trying. And the Lord did that. And that's the thing that we have to understand when we're sincere with our prayers. God will God will li- answer those prayers. There are people that tell you, oh, God is not a genie. He's not. But if you're sincere in your prayer, you're sincere in your prayer life. And you're not asking him for that. You know how some people are like, oh, Lord, if you would let me just win a million dollars. No, don't know. Mm-mm. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. But you have to have that sincere prayer that says, Lord, you know, I want to work for you. I, you know, I'm at this job. I'm not happy, but I, I desire to work just to give my life solely for you. God will make some things happen where you start working and, and you just have all this time where you're working for him and, and, and evangelizing and doing those things. That's him answering that prayer. You don't even realize that. Oh, you prayed for that. And God opened the door. Yeah. I, I want to say something because um, every time I read about a woman being barren, I always think about my wife. Because um, I don't think the world understands what I went through. Um, number one, Trinique, I was going through a, a lot of emotions. Like, man, because, you know, they always say like when a woman is barren, it's considered a curse. Right. And then me being a godly man, I was like, OK. God, I'm going to trust in your word. The Bible says, trust in the Lord all your heart, lean not into your own understanding. And that's why I appreciate what Isaac is doing. Isaac went to the Lord. He pleaded. He prayed to God for his wife. And I had that same attitude. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to these doctors. I hear what the doctors say. I heard the doctor say, you know, you ain't going to get pregnant. The doctor was um, telling my wife, um, do you know anybody in the family um, that you could hook your husband up with? And we could create a child, like, you know, scientifically create a child. And I, I told my wife, I said, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm going to trust in God. And this is what I like about Isaac. Isaac did not follow the footsteps of his dad. And Daryl talked about this in episode two. There was Isaac, um, Abraham, and we all know what I, um, Abraham and Sarah did. Sarah said, you know, Sarah was barren, you know, same situation, same scenario, you know, history always repeats itself. There's nothing new under the sun. So I Abraham, Abraham, you know, went into Hagar all because of Sarah. Sarah's like, hey, you know, I can't get pregnant. The Lord they answered my prayers. Maybe she didn't say it like that, but I'm just kind of like, you know, sharing it with y'all. She probably said, honey, look, God ain't blessing us. He ain't blessing us. Or in fact, God is taking too long. Um, you got to hurry up and speed up the process. So go into my, my, my maid and, and get her pregnant. So yeah, lo and behold, Hagar got pregnant. You know, Abraham, he listened to his wife. But Isaac took a different approach. So you trying to tell me that um, 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 Abraham did not tell his son the story of how he came about? Yeah, you know, God, you know, I was 100 years old when I had you. You know, God already, I came from earth. God said he was going to bless me with you a long time ago. But God took his uh, little precious time. So Isaac got to have some wisdom because, you know, when when folks that have wisdom share certain wisdom with other folks, they take heed to it. So I'm looking at it like in that angle, like maybe, maybe Isaac probably heard from his dad about how he came about. He said, you know what? I'm going to take a different approach. Um, Instead of doing what my daddy did, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to God in prayer. And that's why I appreciate this text because that was kind of like my attitude. I could have easily said, say, um, Addie, I could easily say, you know what? 
Um, Chanique, you you're right. Let's 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 see if you got a female family member, um, and, and then I could go to the doctor, and she could go to the doctor, and they could scientifically uh, work this stuff out for us, so we could so we could have one or two kids. So so that's my take on on Isaac praying for his wife. I, I I want you to let the world know that she already had a child. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yes, I can't forget. And that's why I said in part two, Addy, episode two, I said our son is considered the promised child because he was the one that, you know, we didn't even think he was going to, I mean, by faith, I knew. But, you know, the doctors, the the, the people that went to the school, these high, <laughs> high-end schools was like, nah, she ain't had no kids. We got stacks of paperwork in this house. Tests that were taken that said, based on these test results, your wife would not have a child. And I kept those uh, medical records, even to this day, just as proof. So it's just so if a woman out there, sister, sister, if you're married, you're discouraged, you can't have no children or children. <laughs> Look, God is the same yesterday as he is today. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to believe. See, I don't believe in a, in a small God. But Adney and there, I believe in a big God. I believe that God could do all things. It's only if it's according to his will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, powerful, you know, extremely wonderful testimony uh, there. Um, I think it's important to note also that during this, during these times, you know, um, you know, being barren was almost, it, it was frowned upon. You know, um, having children was the thing uh, back then that women needed to do and they were frowned upon, they were looked down upon if they were barren and were not able to have children. Children were such an integral part of, you know, uh, the way of life back then. You bring your children up, the more you had, the better it was. You know, um, you had to cultivate the land and so you had these strong, you know, young strapping boys to take care of the responsibilities. You had the young, beautiful women to grow up. <clears throat> to take care of the home, become wise, and continue to be fruitful and multiply. So that was an extremely uh, crucial uh, uh, part of, uh, of the culture back then. And if women weren't able to do that, then 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 it it, it definitely presented itself as a problem. But also, you know, and y'all touched on it. Um, I, I think when I when I look at uh, uh, Isaac's approach, and you know, you went through this, you know, eloquently. Uh, Nick. Isaac's approach, you know, to his wife being barren. I look at it in connection or in contrast, in comparison to Abraham's, just like you did Abraham's journey. Isaac, it, it, it's a faith journey. Isaac himself was the miracle or the promise. You get what I'm saying? And so here it is, you know, Isaac doing what he should have done, and that is go to the Lord. The scripture uh, says here, English Standard Version, that Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And watch this. The very next scripture, the very next sentence says, and the Lord granted his prayer and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Now, you know, we have the benefit of looking at this, you know, in its totality, right? Um, you know, Isaac is the promised child. We know that something is going to have to happen. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Something is going to have to happen. Uh, so, so, so it's a little bit different for us because we see the entire story. 
Isaac is going through it. Rebecca is going through it. Right. And so what Isaac has to do to do, and, and, and I think this is this is key because there's a level to this this faith journey. Isaac has to rely on his faith. Sure. But even more so, he has to rely on God. See, there are moments where, you know, um, yeah, you can rely on your faith, but that may not be good enough. Your focus must always be on God. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference there. And, and, and I hope that I hope that's not too deep and confusing for some of your podcast listeners. Um, <clears throat> I think Isaac had the opportunity to rely on his faith because he himself was the promised child. You see what I'm saying? But he took it a step further and demonstrated his faith in God. And that's what God is looking for. You have faith in me. You see what I'm saying? And then this is, um, I hate to do this, but I, I think I think it's okay to do this. This is, you know, speculation and uh, a bit of isogesis. But, you know, <clears throat> a woman being barren, you know, I don't necessarily take the position that that's coming from God. And so, you know, I'm, I'm y'all know me, I'm huge on that spiritual warfare. And I and looking at this in its totality, this is, of course, the promise. Remember, God gave a promise to Abraham. That promise goes to Isaac and then eventually to Jacob. And that promise morphs into, transitions into, transforms into 12 nations, ultimately bringing Jesus. You see what I'm saying? There are beings who are trying to stop this plan, who are, who are trying to stop this promise. You get what I'm saying? And so I see barrenness as an attack as a hindrance. You see what I'm saying? And and I love Isaac's approach. I'm going to God with this because you said it. And not only did you say it, God, I'm living proof. So my faith is intact and I'm trusting you. I'm praying for my wife. And then the scripture tells us that she conceived. Oh, Brother Dara, I love how you how you shared that because that, that even applies to this day and age. I've I've heard of people going and spending $35,000 to conceive. And I'm saying to myself, $35,000 to have a baby when all you got to do, excuse my language listeners, is get with your husband. Y'all just do the whoop-de-doo. And, you know, it's a free thing. Y'all got to pay for the baby later. But you're going to pay $35,000 to conceive when there is a God who promised, who literally says, be fruitful and multiply. He wouldn't say that if he, if it wasn't possible. It's because he knows what he put inside of you. But you go to the doctor and the doctor said, well, I'm sorry, your ovaries are this and your, you, your womb is that. And you just automatically just boom, stop. And you forget your body was created by God. Your womb, your ovaries were created by God. If you go to him, if you fast and you pray and you place this thing upon his altar, you don't think that he's going to open your womb and give you that baby? And Brother Daryl said something so powerful. We are in spiritual warfare, especially those of us who said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Y'all don't think these heavenly beings see us and they see the things that God is doing with and through us and they don't want that multiplication of our children who will possibly be doing the same thing 
tearing their world apart. And they don't want that. So they inhabit, shut down stuff. And you don't even want to go to the God, the father that created you, that knew you from the beginning, that literally knew you before you was in your mama's womb and knew how many children he put in there. You say, I'm going to trust these doctors. I'm going to pay this $35,000. Some people actually do GoFundMes for that. Go to God. Like, all I can say is go to God. He's not some small little tiny. No, take just even go outside and see him. He he really exists. No matter what the atheists think, God exists. He is. I am here to say that God exists. Car accident at the age of 10 that flipped over. I'm still here. Losing my mother. I'm still here. Having a baby at 14. I'm still here. Because he carried me through. I wasn't even a Christian when all of this stuff was going on. But he still had plans. And day by day, he shows it to me. God still exists, y'all. And your womb, it comes from him. Trust him with your womb. Pray fast. It may not come when you want it, but it's going to come when He when he's ready. I, I like how both of you guys pointed out uh, spiritual warfare. And the more and more you guys kept talking about it, I said, wow, that's true. Um, if Christians, us folk that believe in God, will understand the, the powers that be, the, the celestial beings, Daryl Smith would say celestial beings, then they'll help us appreciate God and even prayer. Uh, because, you know, what other way to fight something you can't see? You got to pray. You got you got to take the you know your prayers. You got to take those prayers to God and 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 um God know what what to do with those prayers. <laughs> you know I think about when Daniel was praying, right? Um, and maybe one of y'all could break it down when Daniel was praying and those prayers was hindered. It was because of the the prince of powers that be that was hindering those prayers. And it goes to show that our prayers is is uh words that you can't see. We hear it but we can't see it. So the way you combat something you cannot see, it, it has to come out your mouth. <laughs> it has to come out. Those words have to be in your mind or have to come out your mouth and go to God in prayer. Because like you guys alluded to, that it this is a, a spiritual a warfare. But let's continue to tiptoe on uh, Isaac's uh, walk, Isaac's call, because we talking about Isaac as a husband, y'all. You know, yes, of course, lo and behold, God did bless him with two children. You know, Esau, Esau and Jacob. So here's Isaac, husband. He's a husband. His wife ain't bearing no more. She's pregnant. Lo and behold, she have a child. So there's many things that we could talk about because I'm I'm striving not to make this episode lengthy. We could talk about Isaac uh, as as a father. Um, you know about how he handled himself with Esau and Jacob. Uh, we could talk about uh, Isaac uh, when there was a famine in the land. And he had to say, uh, you know, he he was you he, he was quick to, you know, up and leave and and go to Egypt. And God was like, oh, don't you can leave, but don't go down to that place, right? And we could talk about how God had to kind of like reiterate his promises uh, to Isaac, kind of like what he did with his dad. Well, I think you know, well, well I think we, you know, one of the things that that has always you know uh, been emphasized with me or. Uh, uh, topic that I sort of gravitated to was the fact that, you know, both Isaac and Rebecca had favorites. 
you know, Isaac loved Esau. I'm going to just read the scripture real quickly. Verse 27, uh, chapter 25, or I'm sorry, 28. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And, you know, none of us are perfect, you know, um, and even though Isaac did some things and was obedient and things of that nature, there are some things that he did that he could have done better as a parent, as a husband, as a man. And, you know, that's so relatable to us, you know, and you've said it several times before, Nick, you know, it, 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 it's tough, especially in our day and time. If I could fast forward to our day and time, it's tough trying to be a man, not just a man, but a man of God. Right. And then you tack on top of that, being a parent and trying to, you know, uh, uh, teach and guide and show, you know, in my case, I have two boys trying to teach and guide and show your children, your two boys, how to become a man. Right. And even that gets difficult at times. You know, I I was thinking um, the other day, you know, um, uh, just kind of just kind of looking at, you know, how I was and how I am, you know, with my baby boy, because, you know, he's still relatively young. Uh, and, you know, you when they're young like that, you in that protective mode. Right. But then there's that that. You know, that side of, you know, a father who wants his his son to be strong, want him to be this and want him to be that and independent. And there's a delicate balance there. You know, how do I do this? When do I do that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And it can prove to be difficult and you can make mistakes uh, sometimes. And so I was musing over that and thinking about that. And I came across something that I thought was so very profound. I heard somebody say that uh, if you don't necessarily prepare your child to be successful without you, then you failed as a parent, basically. And and if you really think of the, about that, that's difficult because you want your child your child to be, you know, to rely on you, especially at the, their young age, you know, this that and other. But you know, it, it, it just going back to what you were saying, it, it, it definitely presents its challenge, and I think uh, Isaac's challenge along with his wife here was the fact that they chose favorites. And, and I think that that proved to be uh, sort of a, a, a barrier and a difficulty for that family. Yeah. I want to say this. Oh, I'm sorry, Addy. You, you want to say something? Take it off. Okay. Yeah. I want to say this. And, and Daryl, you, you said it, you said, it, you said it. Isaac is not perfect. And that's what I want our listeners to hear. Cause and I've said this on numerous of podcasts and even people that I encounter sometimes, you know, they feel that they need to be perfect. Like, oh, man, I can't give my life to the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I got to surrender everything. I got to be Mr. Perfect. No, you're never going to be perfect. So we're talking about a promised child here. This was a promise. He was ordained to be here, but yet he still has some flaws. And this is a man of God. This is a person that trusts. He, he uh, was, a, I would say he's a prayer warrior. <laughs> this is a guy who prayed for his wife. To be pregnant. So it shows you that he has some kind of connection with God. So I, I'm glad that you highlighted that, um, Brother Smith. You know, for those that don't really know the Bible, like, they be like, man, okay, why did he, he's a good character. He listened, he's obedient, he's a praying man. But yeah, he got a flaw right there too. He's showing favoritism. You know, both, he, both, of, both of them showing favoritism, his wife, and he's showing favoritism 
towards their children. And also what I also wanted to point out that um, Isaac Walk and Daryl, you, you stated this, that Isaac and Abraham's and Isaac Walk is parallel. You know, so we we see that, and, and I talked about it, how Sarah was barren, Abraham's wife was barren, but, you know, Isaac took a different approach. He prayed for Rebecca. Uh, Isaac had two children, but God blessed Isaac with twins, Esau and Jacob, two, two nations, right? But God, you know, um, Abraham had Ishmael and Isaac. But of course, later on, you know, when Sarah died, I, you know, Abraham ended up having some more kids, but I'm just focused on two kids. So uh, we talking about Ishmael and, and Isaac, you know, those two, yeah, kind of like, those are like two separate nations too. <laughs> so that's the, that show you the, the parallelism, how it's parallel. And we talk about now, let's talk about the famine. When there was a famine in the land with Abraham, his daddy, y'all, uh, Abraham went to Egypt. Abraham fled Canaan. Abraham went to Egypt. Abraham was like, dudes, I'm out of here. So it's kind of like the same thing. Now there's a famine. So it's like, okay, Isaac, what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to, are you going to follow your daddy's footsteps? Are you going to go? But Isaac, Isaac took, took a different approach. Isaac did not go over there to Egypt because God told him not to. Now it goes to show the relationship. Now I'm not saying that his daddy didn't have a relationship with God, but it's kind of like what you guys highlighted that uh, Isaac had to find his own faith. Because sometimes as parents, we can have our own relationship with God. Like I could have, I could have my, my relationship with God. I'm thriving. Um, God is showing some powerful things to me. But when my son get older, my daughter get older, they got to have their own relationship with God. Just because I have this strong relationship with God, it, it may not be the same for them or it may be the same for them. So I, I, I wanted to point that out. Um, I mean, our listeners can't see us, but I, I wanted to show our listeners that, that, um, that yeah, yeah, although their lives are parallel, but their faith is different. They took different approaches on different things. And that's what I want y'all to get out of Isaac, you know, especially Isaac as a husband, because I could, I could appreciate Isaac as a husband now. See, I'm not single no more, so I, I cannot appreciate Isaac as a single man, but as a husband, I get it. You talk about a man with children. Uh, you talk about a man that, that got to carry the load. And, and Daryl, you know, we, we, you know, we uh, husbands, we, we carry that load. You know, uh, so so I could appreciate uh, Isaac being that priest, that provider and that protector uh, of his home. Um, I'm looking at his age when they were born. They said Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Let me tell you something. There's a certain age you reach <laughs> when you have children. Because <laughs> Amanda, my daughter, she said, wait a minute, you you didn't do that. to Look, I'm older now. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And even if you ask your wife, she'll tell you, like, when you hit a certain age and you have kids, there are some things that you're going to do with one that you won't do with the other. Granted, they have both their children at the same time. And they were two different nations. But could it possibly be that their hearts just kind of gravitated to the, the the twins differently? Could it possibly be that there's something inside of them that just say, okay, you know what? This is mine, <laughs> right? Like Rebecca said, okay, he mine because he's this, 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 and that. Because when you when you read about Esau, they say he read with a whole bunch of red hair. His daddy probably said his mama ain't gonna like him. Let me go ahead and take him because she probably just looking at him like, oh, what is that? Why? 
why does my child look like that? Possibilities. That's all I'm saying. I'm just cracking jokes here. But I, I, I thought about that. And then the fact that the Lord said there are two nations. What was going on in the parents' minds when, when, when they found out they had two separate nations that, that they're about to give birth to? And then to see how Esau was an outdoorsman. Remember, uh, Isaac was an outdoorsman. Jacob was that the, the little finicky one. Like he, he didn't want to do nothing. He didn't want his hands to get dirty. That's probably how the, the dad and the son bonded, Esau and um and um uh Jacob um, Isaac, because he's an outdoorsman. He don't mind going out there killing the food and doing all this other stuff. Jacob wanted to sit under his mama and, and suck on her nipple for a little bit. And his daddy probably like, no, no, no. I, you know, I need you to come on. And he was like, no. And his mama, and and that's how it happened. It, honestly. That's how it happens because there's something that you have in common or of interest with each other that you bond more on that. As much as we want to say that those two parents favored, they bonded differently with their children. And that bonding is what caused them to love, not to say that they didn't love the other, but they just had a, a greater bond. Like Esau and Isaac had a greater bond because of, because they point that out that he loved his son's game. Like my son is a strapping man. You know, he go out there with the arrow or whatever, how he was killing them. That's what he did. So that's what I wanted to, you know, point out. Yeah, that's that's good, um, Adney. Uh, you're giving it to us from a, a female perspective. Uh, and now that I think about it, like even with me, with my son, um, is you're right. There's some parents that gravitate towards a, a child. Maybe it may be based on our characteristics. Like, because I, I I could tell you this, right? And that's why I appreciate what you just said. Because, like, there's certain things that my son, he does. My wife be like, yep, that's that's all you right there. That's something that you would do. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> I said, when my daughter does something, I'm like, yep, yes, yes. Um, Trinique, yep, that's you right there. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And you could tell it's it probably maybe it could be probably about that bond. Maybe that, you know, Isaac seen something in Esau that he's seen in himself and they just just they just gel. They just bond. And maybe that was the case. Yeah, if y'all don't mind, I wanna I wanna uh say a little something about that too. I, I agree. I agree with what all all that you all have said, uh, to a certain degree. But I do I do sort of emphasize the the favoritism uh in sort of a negative light uh, here because, and, and I'm reading from the ESV version. I want you to listen to, to, to the scripture again. Let me make sure I'm finding it the right. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So 25 chapter 25, verse 28, right? Now listen to it. it says Isaac loved Esau. And then it gives an explanation because he ate of his game. And then the very next sentence or clause says, but Rebecca loved Jacob. She just loved Jacob. You see what I'm saying? I think both of them fit into what you all were saying in terms of having a bond. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Isaac hated Jacob. I don't think uh, Rebecca hated Esau. But I, I, I kind of I think with the the explanation of he ate his game, that that kind of gives me 
the impression that, well, Isaac liked Esau because of what Esau can do. He loves Esau, sure. He loves Jacob, sure. But he gravitates to Esau because of what Esau can do. And then I see the contrast. Rachel just, uh, uh, Rebecca just loves Jacob. It's not about what Jacob can do. She just loves him. And so I think, you know, that, you know, that's that those specifics sort of sort of accentuate uh, the favoritism to a certain degree in a negative light. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that's I think that's key. And I think that's important because we know what happens later on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When Jacob steals the blessing. We, we, we know what happens later on. And so I think that plays a part uh, in it, that 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 sort of, you know, uh, favoritism in a negative light. But if you would, let me just. Um, y'all, y'all just come y'all just come away with my sanctified imagination real quick. And, and you know, y'all don't have to take this. Your, your podcast listeners don't have to take this. But I, I think I see something here symbolically. Right. And, and this is all going back to, you know, the two nations in the womb, right? And you kind of get an idea of how Esau is, right? Now, these are two brothers. And by birthright, Esau has, he's supposed to get every, I mean, he's the first one, right? But Jacob is, you know, he's, he's, he's cunning. He's, he's, uh, you know, he, 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 he's smooth with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I've always thought it was interesting that there are two different nations in this womb. And again, y'all forgive me. That's taking me back to spiritual war. Spiritual warfare is taking me back there. There is a motif that runs throughout scripture where the younger brother supersedes the older brother. And believe it or not, that's our, I mean, that's, that's, that's our, that's us, y'all. See, God's celestial family, birthright. You see what I'm saying? The original rebel, birthright. He's in the presence of God. Isaiah and Ezekiel tells you that he walked in the midst of the stones of the fire. He was the perfect, you know, angel, the perfect celestial one, birthright. You get what I'm saying? But then the younger brother, humanity, that's us. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We supersede. You, you get what I'm saying? And so I think this story kind of points to that symbolically you know i you know if that for some folk they may think that i'm stretching and that's okay you can think that but I, I i see that there because you know of two nations in one womb and we know one of those nations is going to be blessed one of those nations is going to be the nation that houses or or, or produces jesus you see what i'm saying and so you kind of get an idea or a picture of esau you know, he sells his birthright. Well, what kind of, you know, what does that say about your character if you do that, right? I'm just kind of running through it, but let me just read it real quick. You know, uh, 
Verse 29, once when, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in, the, came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. <laughs> of, and, and he's like, what is the use of this birthright to me? That says a lot about his character. You see what I'm saying? Now think about the original rebel for a second. He's in the presence of God. He's in fellowship with God. I mean, he's the sum. He's perfect. You get what I'm saying? The other celestial beings, they didn't have it like he did. The scriptures tell you that. But he gave it all away. He threw it all away. You see what I'm saying? And so Esau and his actions here sort of mirror that. Esau is the older brother. The celestial beings are the older brother. Jacob is the younger brother. Humanity, us, we are the younger brother. But uh, that that's just me, you know, riding with my sanctified imagination. Like I said before, y'all don't have to take that. You know, y'all can y'all can just do do with that what you want. Uh, but but that's where that's where my thoughts were leading. Brother Daryl, I love that you shared that because something the Holy Spirit just put in my mind is we're just like Jacob. We lie. We cheat. You know, we do all this stuff, but we have the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Right. And once we get into the body, it's a matter of walking you know, hand in hand with the Lord to kind of get all of those negative things out in order for us to, you know, be in complete alignment with the Lord. So I love that you, you know, presented that because we are Jacob. (laughs) We are the younger brother. (laughs) You know, we're not perfect, but we're perfect enough for our Lord to to die for us. So yeah, yeah. But Share your sanctified imagination. I went on that journey with you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, that's good. I, I see. That's the thing. Um, I, I like your takes because we're talking about how Isaac was called, right? So people need to grab different angles of this, right? Of how one is called in the Bible, and I know there's so much. There's not a lot of content that's written about these biblical characters. Uh, we go based on what we read and we try to make it like practical, although it's very di- difficult because we talk about <laughs> what 2000 years ago compared to 2000, you know, we're in 2022. But there's some things that we could glean and pull from from these characters because these are like real people. Right. Right. We read our history books and we we go back to the 1700s and 1800s and we read things from there. Right, Andy. So we could pull some things uh, from the Bible and apply those things as well. But um. So I'm going to do this because um, I, I know I want to wrap up and I want to continue to tiptoe. I, I got to say, I got to run. If I say tiptoe, we might go for another hour. <laughs> so let's tiptoe. Let's run, run, let's run. We're going to go on a run. Okay. Y'all ready to jog? Y'all ready to jog? Okay. We're going to get ready to jog. Okay. So I kind of like, so we, so we talked about like how um, Abraham and Isaac's walk is kind of like parallel. So, and I know I touched that um, briefly about how, there was a famine in the lab and this, I'm going back in the land. So this is Genesis chapter 26. Uh, when God, when God told, um, what Genesis 26, verse two, I'm going to read this. It said, Jehovah appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land, 
which I will show you. So we talking about there's a famine in the land. And then what God uh, did to uh, Isaac, Isaac, what he did here, reaffirmed his um, Abrahamic covenant with him. So uh, you see here in verse number uh, 20, 26, three through five, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. He says, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed. And I will give all these uh, lands and I will establish the oath which I swore unto your, unto Abraham, thy father. And I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto the seeds of all these lands. And in the seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments and my statutes uh, and my laws. So listeners, if you go back to the uh, Abraham episode we've done, you'll hear how God is, was kind of like reiterating his promise to, to Abraham. Like Abraham, you know, through your seed, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And God kind of like doing it. God is doing the same thing with, with Isaac. It's kind of like one of those things that Isaac finds his own faith and God is like, hey, I'm reaffirming you. Like, hey, the seed, your blessings, um, all the, the earth's blessings is going to come through you, um, uh, Isaac. But I don't want to too much, I don't want to too much touch on this because we touched on this on Abraham. But I kind of like want to highlight some of the same things that, that um, Isaac did in correlation with his dad. So right after God you know, give him a word. It's like, you know how I am. The minute you get a word from the Lord, what what happens? <laughs> like you said, the celestial bees, right? So um, verse number 20, uh, 27. So uh, 26, 27, um, well, 26, verse six and seven, Isaac dwelt in Gear, Gear. And it says, and the men of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say, my wife, lest he and the men of the place should kill me for Rebecca, because she was fair to look upon. So he did the same thing his daddy did. His daddy, when his daddy <laughs> left the land, his daddy like he told his daddy say Abraham. What I mean, his daddy Abraham was like say Sarah, say say you my sister. So we see the same parallel. How Abraham, I mean Isaac is saying like, hey, you know, um, yeah. She, she's my sister. So as we wrap it up, can can y'all kind of like break this down and how all this unfolded? You know, because of course, we know that there's a famine. So you can imagine the times, uh, what he's going through right now. It's kind of like, well, I don't want to put Corona in this, right? You know, because a lot of people like to use fam, you know, famine and Corona, coronavirus. But let's just say that it's just, it's just chaos, chaos, no food. And he's the husband, and, and, and he's just trying to make ends meet for his family. So, Daryl, in this situation, how did you think that Isaac handled this? So this goes back to what we said earlier about, you know, not being perfect. And I really want folk to, to have in their mind uh, sort of the epithet we said, I believe, earlier in this podcast, or probably the, pe- the previous one, Isaac Part 2, where... As we are looking at Isaac and we're doing a compare and contrast of his father, Abraham, there are a lot of similarities. Um, you pointed that out with the, you know, the sister, you know, telling, hey, my wife is my sister. You know, there are some differences where, you know, he didn't, you know, uh, do some of the things that his father did. But 
going back to, you know, the whole spiritual war, when you get that word from the Lord, like you said, and then as soon as you get that word, here comes, you know, the hindrances, here comes the stumbling blocks, here comes the trials and the tribulations. It's a faith journey. So I want everybody to be thinking of the faith journey. And trust me, when you commit to God, there is going to arise trials, tribulations, chaos. You got the famine. You got the threat of being killed if the if you say that this is your wife. And so you try to, you know, uh, uh, take things into your own hands and then you mess it up. Well, let's parallel that to today. Um, you say you didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it because we're dealing with it. Pandemic, right? Um, something as, as cowardice as mass shootings. You can't even go to the supermarket now. Can't go to church. You can't go here because folk are trying to shoot shoot up shoot up a place and whatnot. Um inflation. Prices are high. Gas is high. You see what I'm saying? Um education system is breaking down. You see what I'm saying? I mean you got all of this stuff happening, but it is extremely important and imperative that we men and women of faith that we keep our faith in God. Right? And so, again, I want to emphasize the faith journey. Abraham eventually got it. You see what I'm saying? Isaac eventually got it. Jacob, he, he eventually got it. It's a faith journey. And along this journey, we are going to stumble. You know, as husbands, as a father, as a man, you know, and Sister Abby, you can speak to, you know, the woman, you know, uh, wives out there and things of that nature. During during along the journey, we're going to fall and we're going to stumble, but we got to get back up and keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. Um, what can I say? It's the same thing, you know. Um, as women, we do get tempted, especially those of us who are single. We want to get married and all that other good stuff. Um, and when I think of Rebecca. Saying, all right, baby, I got you. <laughs> we'll, we'll just go ahead and tell him I'm your sister and stuff like that. But what came out to me is when Abimelech saw him and her like doing stuff. He's like, hold on, wait a minute. That's his wife. And he went to him and said, bruh, why you going to lie to us? <laughs> One of my men could have slept with her and you would have brought such a great sin on us. I don't even think they both were thinking about that. Part. They were just, he was just thinking of, I'm going to save my life, but not thinking about the sin that he could have brought on those people. But as a wife, we cover, we, we whether we believe it or not, we're going to cover our husband. Think about how many times a husband done something and a wife is like, no, nah, he was with me. Knowing he wasn't. That's, that's what we do. We're, we, 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 will protect our own. We're, we're like those mother cubs or the lionesses. We're going to protect our own regardless. Think about a mama when they come to her and tell her her son did something. Nope, he's a good boy. We're protectors. Just the same way that the husband is a protector, we women, we will protect our own. Um, and for me, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the opposite because I told my son, you get caught up in anything, you're going to have to spend that time in jail because I raised you better than that. But I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. If we continue to walk this walk like we're perfect, the blessing that God has for us will never be realized because you're not teachable. 
you're not able to be molded into the fashion that God wants you to. But once we understand and realize I am such a fallible creature, I sin. My mouth can be very sharp. I catch attitudes like nobody's business. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of the most high God. But yes, I sometimes can forget that there are some vocabulary that's still in there that needs to come out. And this is the thing I think all of our listeners need to understand. We're not asking you to be perfect. Just serve the perfect God who sent his son to die on the cross at Calvary for you. He was perfect. He ain't asking you to be perfect. He just tell you to hold on to his coattail and he got you, period. And that's all I got. Amen. Amen. So, all right, world. Isaac part three. This was the finale. If I had a, if I had a sound effect, I would go, where, where, where. That's like that sad, sad thing. But look, this episode been a blessing uh, to me and I hope that it is a blessing to you as well. Look, continue to share, subscribe, and support us. Leave a review. We're going to always strive to highlight these characters uh, that was called by God. And it seems to me that the underlying theme here with Isaac is he wasn't perfect. Although he was the promised child, he was not perfect. And that's one thing that we want you guys to realize. Like being a Christian, being a child of God, you're not going to be perfect. He says, uh, be faithful unto death. That's what God requires of us. He requires of us to be faithful unto him. And that's why we've seen that even in Isaac's life, his faith journey, we would call it the faith journey. You know, so he had to find his own faith. So again, we love you guys. Remember that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.